Okay, so we are continuing <coughs> the second week of Gazel, and we're at the second tonight's the second share of the second week. And tonight we're going to talk about a few different topics. So the first topic we're going to talk about on page 52 in the booklet is the Isser of Loisa'a Shaykh. Loisa'a Shaykh is Reyacha. Apostle in Parshish Kedoshim, which means, says Rashi over there in Parshish Kedoshim, what's Oishek Zehakoyvesh Schar Socher. Someone who withholds payment from someone that he owes money f- um, for a service that he did for him. So says the Shulchan Aruch, Ezu Oishek, what is Oishek? This is someone who money came to his hand from his friend. He didn't steal it from him. He gave it to him willingly. Meaning, he did a service for him. He lent him money. And now it's time to pay it back or pay it up. And now the guy says, okay, you owe me the money. So instead, the person says, I'm sorry, I'm not paying you. So that's koivish schar socher. That's someone who holds it back. Again, here you didn't take the money illegally. You got it legally. Someone gave you a service. That's called money. Someone lent you money, right? Now you're just withholding payment. It's different than gazela. So, yet alone, where he did a service and you owe him rental money. So you'll say, okay, so let him force, for, take me to Bezdin, force it out of me, beat me up. No, guy's a tough guy, I'm a tough guy, no one can get anything out of me. So by me withholding what I owe him, that's called Aishik. And that is a form of stealing. It's not gazela proper, so to speak, because I got the money legally, now I'm holding it back. Now, the truth is that um, even if the person intends to repay at a later date, um, that is also Usr. It's not Usr Midairaisa. Midairaisa, it's only if you don't want to pay I'm holding back what I owe, and I'm not paying. That's Leisashik. If you are just pushing him off because you want to chaper the guy, or for whatever reason, you want to hold it back, if you don't have the money, that's a different story. But you have the money, and you just don't want to pay him, and you'll push him off. So that is also Usr, and that is only Usr Midrach Bonan. But it is Usr. You owe a guy money, you pay him up, and finished. In case you the mention was where he received money, but he would pay up. Repay back to the, to the person. Right. In the case where there's a service due, he'll back the money. It's the same thing. Right. Because service due is really, I receive something and now I owe for it. Right. right. Same thing. Okay. So that is the halacha Pretty simple. Now we go on to the next halacha. A halacha um, test. The next halacha here on the same page in 52. Let's say you force someone to sell you something. Now, you paid for it. So there's no stealing involved. You paid for whatever you're buying. However, the guy did not want to sell it to you. You forced him to sell it. So, Osir. That is Osir. You're not allowed to do that. 
Aval Ainloy Din Gazlan, but says Shukhanarach, you are not a thief, you're not a Gazlan, Li Pasel Mida Iraisa, that you would be Pasel Laidus, for example, according to Taira Loa, Elamidirabanan. You would only be Pasel Midirabanan. Because again, here you don't have something of someone else's um, illegally because you paid for it. But he didn't want to sell it to you. He didn't want to sell it to you. So therefore that is Asr as well. Now, what does this mean? So the Shulchan Aruch continues. Which lav is this? Says Shulchan Aruch, Kol avdoi oyamosoi oybeisoi oykelav shulchaveroi Anyone who desires uh, the, the Eved, the slave, or the maidservant, or the house, or the kalim of his friend. Anything that it's possible to buy, to purchase. And I want it. I desire someone else's thing. Now you don't want to sell. So I get a whole bunch of people to chepper you, to urge you to sell. They're making you crazy. Why don't you sell it to him? Why don't you sell it to him? Why don't you sell it to him? Until the guy has no choice anymore. He says, fine, you're all driving me nuts. Fine. The idea, you are over on the Isra of loy sachmoid. Not to desire. Now, with the Shulchan Aruch is saying, loy sachmoid doesn't mean just not to desire. It means not to desire and get the guy to sell it to you. Again, in Sif test, you forced him to sell it to you. That's a different madrega. Here you're not forcing him, but you're driving him so crazy that he just wants to sell it to you. That's the Isra of Leisachmed. When the Torah says, don't desire your friend's house, that means don't desire and act upon your desire to get him to sell it to you. Are they similar? They are similar. It's it's not the same madrega of forcing. Forcing means you walk in and you hold up a gun, gun to the guy and say, here, here, give me all the jewelry and uh, all your jewelry and I'm paying for it. So you think you're a grace at because you paid for it. But you forced him to sell it to you. Here you didn't force him. He ended up willingly selling it to you. You didn't hold the gun to his head. You just made the guy nuts. You made the guy nuts. You desired it and made him crazy. That's the Isra of Leisachman. Now continue Shulchan Aruch. V'chala mis'ave beisoy o'yishtoy v'kelev shulchaveroy. In one place it says In another place it says in the other in the in the in the in the, in the it says You should not desire. It's two different isurim. So loisachmoid is desiring and acting upon it. Loisis ave means you desire and you start planning in your mind how you're going to get it. Then you're ready over on the Isra of Loisis ave. So you're first over on Loisis ave. You desire it and you think in your mind, how am I going to get him to sell it to me? When you then start acting and getting people to drive him crazy, that's already Lois and the Shulchan Aruch is an interesting Shulchan Aruch. He like he's like a, he's like a Musar Sefer here. He says, "Hataiva mevili de chimur. Taiva desire brings you to chimur. Chimur mevili de gezel." And he says more. Chimur will bring you to stealing. Why? Shim loy rotza abaylim limkar 
What's going to happen? You're going to tell him, I'm going to pay you. I'm going to give you more money than you wanted. And then you're going to get all his neighbors and friends to chaper him. What's going to happen when he still stands his ground and doesn't want to sell you? Sell it to you? We're nervous. <laughs> then you're going to, you want it so much, you're going to steal it. And what's going to happen if then, when you go to steal it, the guy stands up to protect his money? He might murder him. The story at the end of Malachim Aleph, Novois, an Israeli had a vineyard right next to Achav. Achav was the king of, of Malchus Yisrael, the king of Yisrael, and he was a big Russia. And Novois had his vineyard and he wanted it. And he went to Novos and he said, I'll buy it from you and I'll give you a different vineyard. And Novos says, no, this is, what, this is my Chalukah, my Yerushan Eretz Yisrael. So he ended up making a whole plot to get Novos uh, to, 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 uh, to, to sort of, he, he, made, he made false witnesses that Novos was married by Malchus and he spoke against the king and he killed him. So because he desired it and he didn't want to sell it to him, he ended up killing him. So the Shulchan is telling you there's a progression here. It starts with Taiva, just planning in your mind. Then it goes to Chimur. Are you going to then go and try to chapter the guy and give him and, and convince him? He doesn't want it, you might end up stealing it. He doesn't want he, he stands up when you steal it, you might end up killing him. There's a progression here. So when you desire your over on one love, then when you actually buy it from him, after you chapter him and you pushed him to do it, you're over on a second love. And if you end up stealing it from him, so you're over on a third love. So these are Isurim that are related to Gezel here. Now, how far does this go? The, the Yorcha Shulchan qualifies it. On page 54, he qualifies it. And he says that when the Rambam and the Shulchan Aruch says, it's all about things, Loisachmet are things that you could purchase from him, which makes sense. The whole Isur is desire. And then try to convince him to sell it to you. But says the Archashulchan in, in Sif Yun, in the middle he says, let's say it's not something that you could purchase. Let's say your friend Ruvain learned a certain Chachma, a certain Malacha. And Shimon also wants to know how to do it. So Reuven says, nah, listen, I want to keep the secret to myself. It's a trade secret. I'm not interested in, you know, my recipes and things like that. But Reuven wanted it so much, he got people to chepper. I'm sorry, uh, Shimon got, wanted it so much, he got people to chepper Reuven. Why don't you tell it to him? What's the big deal? Teach him how to do it. What's the big deal? And he ended up teaching it to him. So says the Archashulchan, you're not in the Isra of Leitzachmai. Even though it's really the same thing, however, we learn from Limudim, from a klalu prado klal, that it's only on things that are purchasable. Things that are tangible, that you could purchase. However, something that is not tangible, chachma or malacha, are not kinyanim, that there would be an iser of leisachmaidan. So therefore, the iser only applies to things that are transferable. But intellectual property, and we'll talk about this in a few moments, at least the Isra of Leisachmoid says the Arach HaShulchan doesn't apply. Okay. On, on, uh, on the next page, the Bitzel HaChachma says an interesting thing. Let's say um, a very chash of a person wants to buy something. 
So the fact that he's a respected person may itself be a pressure. Let's say a guy doesn't want to sell something. But he can't say no because the big, uh, you know, the big hotshot in town or a big rub or a shashiva comes and says, you know, I, I would like to buy that. He didn't shepherd him anything. The fact who he is, is pressure. So he says, he says, is, it's possible to say that he shouldn't do such a thing. If you're a chosh of a person and you know you're going to be pressure and it's something that you know the guy really doesn't want to sell, perhaps you shouldn't even start. Then he says, maybe it's, not a, maybe it's only a midas chasidus. It's not the real isra of leisachmite. And then he has another shailah, the B'tzalach Chachma. What about if you are chaperoning a person to give you a present? In other words, it's not to sell it to you. It's to give you a present. Is that the Isra of Leisachmeid as well? Is Leisachmeid any transfer? Or is it very specific to Mechira, to sales? So, he also, he clears it as a Shaila and... Um, he discusses whether it is, you know, pressuring someone to give you a gift is, is Leisachmeid or not. Now what's interesting, on the next page, this is from the, um, the Chavetz Chaim's Sefer HaMitzvah HaKotzer. And the Chavetz Chaim writes, he says, he writes about Leisachmeid, and he said Leisachmeid is, you desire it and then you act upon it to convince someone to sell you something. He says, Umatsu Bechasin, it's in the one in in Ice Mem there, in the third line, fourth line. I'm sorry, one, two, third line. Umatsi zeb bechasin shemachbir alchaisnoi kaidem achasana sheitin leidaver pliny upliny mashloi hisnu alzeb bishas ksivas atnaim. In the olden days, we do what what we call a tnaim today, which is a, an agreement between the two sides that they're going to provide a certain amount towards the, the young couple, and they're going to make the chasana. So we, most, most people nowadays do the tzanoim at the chasana, and it's really a sort of, uh, it's just like, uh, I don't want to say it's a joke, but it's just, uh, you know, just a procedure, because basically it says over there that, you know, we're just happy, everything was taken care of already, and we're ready to go. I mean, we're, making, we're at the chasana, nobody's backing out at the moment, you know. So... But so in the olden days, it was like a real thing. You wrote, everyone said, I'm going to give this much to the dowry. You're going to give this present. Everything was very, very documented. And it was, they made this monetary agreement amongst themselves that with a kinyan, and you can't back out of it, and then the chasana will be made at whatever date if everybody fulfills their conditions. So says the Chavetz Chaim, what happens if after they finish the Tanaim and before the chasana, the chasana comes up and says, Tells the Shver, I'm sorry, you know, I know you didn't promise me a gold watch, but I want a gold watch. And he starts pressuring him that he wants a gold watch, or he wants a shas. And the Shver doesn't want to make trouble, so what does he do? He buys him the shas, he buys him the gold watch. The chassin is over on Leisachmet, says the Chavetz Chaim. The chassin is over on Leisachmet. The father-in-law didn't want to give it, they never made up that he should give it. If they would have made up, it doesn't make a difference if he doesn't want to give it. He has to give it. He made up. Whether he liked it or not, he signed on the dotted line. But he didn't miss. So if he wants, if he says, okay, no problem, I'll give you the, the watch, fine. But if you see he doesn't want to do it, but the chassin chappers him and chappers and chappers him, and he finally gives it to him, so he's over. Now this is an interesting thing, because the this is a matana, right? We just said from the B'tzal Chachma. He was clearing a shaila if this applies by a matana. It seems from the Chavetz Chaim it does. Right? This is not a, 
I don't think it's considered a sale. I mean, he's not getting the he's not getting the gold watch in place of his of the daughter, right? I mean, it's just a present that he's giving to him. So it's seen from the Chavetz Chaim it applies to presents as well. So I guess this is you know something for people to think about when they're in relationships, right? It's not so simple. If someone doesn't want to give you something, it's not so simple to pressure them. All right. Listen, if your wife is chaperoning you, just give it. Don't worry, don't tell her she's over on the You know what I'm saying? It's not a good idea. Just shalom bayis, be moichel on this, and then brother shalom will take care of that, you know, everything else. Okay, anyways. <laughs> okay, so now we go. This is a, a, a segue into the next sugya, which starts on page 58, which is such a complicated topic. There's no way to do it in 13 minutes and 30 seconds, if I want to keep to the 30 minutes clock, which I'm not going to, but it really deserves, to really understand it, it deserves a, a sheer unto itself, um, and it's, it's just, it's a very complicated thing, and that is intellectual property and copyrights. What is the rights, what is the halacha, and the way they write over here, they just have akdam, and they say, ever since the advent of the printing press, the paiskim have labored to define and quantify the rights and ownership of intellectual property. They discuss whether gezel would apply to intangible goods as ideas or divrei taira. If it's called hezek, is there dina de machusa? Is there minag? There's many, many different things in how to ha- handle this. There's differences between taira and other things. And, and so we're going to quote a little bit. Um, the truth is, if you really want to start off from the baseline... The baseline is a beferish halacha in Simon Reishiud Beis and Chayshemishbat that says you cannot sell a davar she'ein by mamish or you can't steal a davar she'ein by mamish something that's non-existent it doesn't you don't there's you just doesn't you can't you can't give it you can't take it you can't receive it there's nothing to it it doesn't exist okay Be, now that being said the paiskim still go out of their way to figure out how there should be a problem. And we find this in certain chidushim in halakha. For example, I'll give you an example, when electricity was, was invented, right? The kinds of electricity. The paiskim, if you go through the old paiskim in those days, a few hundred years ago, they went out of their way to create isurim that it should be asr. That's, that's, it's, they felt the need to do it. And when you look at like, what are they doing? Like they, Some of them made up isurim that it should be asr. Now, Let's think about it. This is the, the Kayach of G'dayli Yisrael. At that time, what was electricity already? Well, how much did you use already? Right? What do you have? A light bulb? You had a, a li- what electricity was? There very little electricity. And yet they went so mishuga the Paiskim that it should be Yasser. Could you imagine today if electricity was mutter on Shabbos? We wouldn't have a Shabbos. Our whole life is electricity. So the Paiskim, whether they knew it or not, Beruach Kadsham made sure that electricity from day number one was usser. Somehow, it was an isser. Okay? And 200 years later, we see how smart they were. Because, can you imagine, if it was electricity, we wouldn't have anything. We wouldn't have a Shabbos. So, so sometimes you find this concept that the Pais can feel that there's a need. Whether there's a need at that moment, or there's going to need, whether they know it, they see it, it's all part of Ashkoch Hashem. And that's, that's part of our Amuna in our Paiskin. So here also, for many various reasons, we find that the Paiskin went out of their way to make sure that there's such a thing. 
the, 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 the first Maramokim they bring is really the last Maramokim. It's on page 64, which is a, a tshuva from the Shailamesha, which we're not going to go through. But the basic idea was over there, there was a, a Shulchan Aruch that was printed, and then someone else printed another Shulchan Aruch with the Pischei Tshuva on it, and someone else wanted to reprint that. And the question was, the guy said, what do you mean? I bought the Shulchan Aruch with the Pischei Tshuva in it. So I own the Sefer now. If I own the Sefer, so I could reprint it because it's my Sefer. So the, the Shalmashiv wasn't very happy with that. And he said, no, you might own that book, but you don't own the Pischei Tshuva. Pischei Tshuva owns the Pischei Tshuva, or whoever had the rights to that. And you could have rights to your Tyra. You could have rights to printing. And he, the whole idea of he talks about this, and this is possibly the whole idea of what a haskama was. Why? What's the whole idea of a haskama for a sefer? To say how great the mechaber was? What, what was the point? If you look in their old original haskamas, most of them said that it was a copyright. You got two or three gedolim to write that no one's allowed to reprint this sefer without the reshus of the owner. That's what the Haskama was. It wasn't about how great the Sefer is. It was this is a good Sefer and the owner has rights that nobody should reprint it. That's what Haskamas were. They were like copyrights. So he talks about the different, different Haskamas that people had written. The Afla, who didn't, who didn't and I, when, we, when I gave my share on the Afla, the life and terror of our leaders on the Afla, I, I, saw, I, I spoke out over there that he didn't ask any G'daylin for Askamas and he apologized why he didn't. But he says, I don't, I'm not asking for Askama, but I still am retaining the rights to my Sefer. I'm giving my own quote-unquote copyright to the Sefer. So that's what Askama was. So that, that's the Shalom Meshiv. Um, in, on page 59, here's the Shuvah's Meshiv Dover is the Nitziv. And the Nitziv says, that um, basically says that Chidushe Torah belonged to a person, they're his own property, and he has the right to give them over to his children as Yerusha. They are called, and, and here he talks, and it's interesting, he's talking about specifically Chidushe Torah, because he says Chidushe Torah, Chazal say that at the beginning Torah is Hashem's, but then when you are Mechadish Chidushe Torah, they become yours. It becomes your Torah. It becomes your Torah, or Chazal say, Hashem gives you Torah as a matana, so it belongs to you. If it belongs to you, so then he says, you're able to give it to whomever you want. You want to give it to your Yarshim? They should be the owners of your Torah? You could do such a thing. Um, now, the only thing that Nitziv points out is that that means to say that they have rights to sell it and things like that. But let's say you say, this is my Torah, I don't want anyone ever to see it. I don't want anyone to look at it. I'm going to keep it locked up in my house. That you don't have a right to do, he says. Because a person has a chiv to teach Torah. To teach Torah other, to other people. You have a chiv, a mitzvah, So you have rights as ownership, legabe making money, who could print it. But you don't have rights to just put it, lock it up in your house and not use it. That's what Nitziv says. So now, that's for Chidushe Torah. That might not apply to any to other things. When it comes to, let's say, you have an idea, you have an invention, right? Well, you don't have any any any. That's also intellectual property, right? Um, you, you, that you don't have any raya from the Gemara from the Torah that it belongs to you. Chidushe Torah belongs to you. Hashem gave it to you as a matana of the Torah So that is something that you own. You could give over. 
you have ownership to it. But just stam because you had an idea or something like that, or you had a song, right? You, it's not necessarily the same as Torah. So this Nitziv is specifically talking about Torah. Again, that's what I'm saying. Not every, it's not an all or nothing. It may depend on what we're referring to. That's the Nitziv. On the next page, they have a famous tshuva for Amayisha Feinstein, Zechariah Nelebracha. And this is someone who made a tape of Divrei Taira. And he wrote on the tape that the copyright, you're not allowed to make copies. Remember those days of tapes? So he says, well, first of all, the guy made the tape to make money. So you're going to go copy it, so then you're actually uh, taking what you're stealing from him because he now is not going to make money. Um, so he says... Um, So he says that therefore you're not allowed to um, you're not allowed to copy the tape if you know that he's making it for profit, even if he didn't say Beferish that he doesn't want to, but it's obvious. The guy's making a tape for profit, you can't copy it. And then he says, and even if the guy wasn't making it for profit, if he has akpada that you can't make copies, you're not allowed to. And Ramesha says a different reason. Ramesha says, first of all, Maybe he has reasons that he doesn't want it publicized. Not everyone wants all the Torah publicized. What's going to happen if he realizes he made a mistake and he wants to retract and now hundreds of thousands of people are listening to his tapes and his mistake? He's going to be embarrassed. So a person has a right to say, listen, I don't want everybody knowing about my Torah. So here you have the Nitziv who says, you're not allowed to hold back your Torah because it's a mitzvah to teach. But Ramosha is saying, there are instances where a person maybe doesn't want to disseminate his Torah. I saw somewhere that they said Ramesh himself did not want his own tshuvas translated. Because he said he, he, you never know whose hands they're going to fall in. And I say things over there that, you know, may not be translated properly or I don't need everybody to know about. So a person could have akbada that maybe he doesn't want his Torah to be disseminated. He has a special reason. The only thing Ramesh says is if the, it's a Rebbe and his Talmidim and the Talmidim want to use the tape to Chazer the Shir, and to learn better, that the Rebbe can't have Akpadan. Because you're, you're, if, if you're going to retract, you'll tell them that you're retracting. This is just for them to help them in their learning that you're, allowed to, you're not allowed to withhold it from them. So again, there's a lot of nuances over here. There's a lot of nuances. This again, will this, this apply to any intellectual property? Maybe, yeah, maybe not. You know, you could say. If you see from Moshe that I could withhold Torah because I have reasons I don't want people to, to, uh, to, to know it publicly. So that could be anything, right? Especially if it's going to cost me money. If I have an idea that I want to make money off of and someone else and someone else is going to take it and I'm going to lose money, it would seem from Moshe that Yitaka can't take it. So Moshe is subscribing to this intellectual property um, idea. That applies to an entire unit Let's say, for example, there's an album, 12 songs on the album. And you want to take one song you really like that? You want to just, you know... Right, so that's a good question, that's a good question. So we'll talk about that in a moment, when it comes to like photocopying from books. And again, we're not saying any Pesach Halach over here, and digital things might be entirely different than some of these, and there might be a concept of 
that some call like Zutai Shalyam, you find the Gemara above Metzia, that something is washed away by the sea, right? Even if a guy screams and I'm not Miyash, it's automatic Yish. It's like Aveda Midas, when you, right? So Rabbi Yashif is such a Svar, that today with the, with the internet and things like that, any person who puts anything out there in the world, it's an Aveda Midas. He knows that's what's going to happen. And that's it. There's no, he can't have any, even if he's not Miyash, he has Akpadis, it doesn't make a difference. So there's, again, there's, there's so many different schools of thought here. Now, the Minchas Yitzchak goes through, I'm not going to go through the whole thing, but he has a Shtikal Arichas over here, and he talks about it as well, and he actually quotes a lot of different names um, of different Svarim that talk about this. Um, and um, he, he quotes the Chassam Seifer, now the Chassam Seifer again, it all talks about this as well, and the Chassam Seifer has a Svara that you're not really allowed to make money off of teaching Tyra. Right, mahu bechinam, mafata bechinam. Well, you're not allowed to charge for Torah. So he says the only thing you're allowed to charge for is if you made some type of new knech in it, and as a, a, a you 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 fix the text, or there's something special about what you did. But for the Torah itself, you're not allowed to take money. So he says over here, he brings down that the uh, that Rilchen Seifer's grandson, Reb Shimon Seifer. Not the Rav of Krakow, his son. He had a grandson, Reb Shimon Seifer, as well, who said that uh, the Chassam Seifer was mafkir all his farm. Anyone who wants to reprint his farm, they could do it. Chassam Seifer Lushitase held, Taira is not yours. Taira belongs to anybody. Taira belongs to the world, you have to give it out for free. But there's a Chuvis base Yitzchak who says that's very nice. He says that Chassam Seifer was a Tzadik Niskov and he had plenty of Parnasa, so he didn't have to worry about anything. So he was able to mafkir his Taira. But he says, nowadays we have Tamid Chachamim who are very poor and, um, and they need to make some money. And if they don't have copyrights to their Taira, so they're not going to make any money and they're going to they're gonna not have anything to eat. So therefore, therefore he says, the Chassam Seifer is not a good proof. Now the Beis Yitzchak himself happens to hold that there's no such thing as intellectual property. In Biyasite, he doesn't hold of it. He just holds as the concept of Dina de Machusa Dina. That if the government says there's copyrights, you have to listen to the government. But in the Torah, he doesn't hold there's any such a thing. But Lemaisa, the Mechazitza, comes out and he says, let's look at the Chavetz Chaim himself. The Chavetz Chaim is our Paisik, right? Let's see what the Chavetz Chaim did. He says, the Chavetz Chaim asher kulonu shoysim mitzamas divreyim. We all drink, drink with thirst his words. And what does he say? He says, that certain svarim he allows anyone to print. The Mishnabura, Sefer Chavetz Chaim, Shmir Saloshan, Avas Chesed, Nidchei Yisrael, and one other country, Tiferes Adam. Those, anyone has a right to print. His other svarim, which he had a lot of svarim, other svarim, the Chavetz Chaim says, no, that belongs to his, to his family. So you see the Chavetz Chaim, Paskin, that there's such a thing as intellectual property. Again, these are all these marmakaimas are in the world of Tyra, and like we're saying, that may not apply to everything. Um, yeah, so that is that's the Minchasitza quoting the Chavetz Chaim. Now the Shevet Halevi talks about this as well, and he says, "I'm not getting into the whole Shaila." He says, but the question was, this was a question of copying a couple pages from a book in a school. You're teaching a class, and not everyone, you don't need the whole book for everybody. Could you copy a couple of pages? So he says that uh, to do so um, is okay, as long as you're not doing a significant amount of the book. If you're doing a significant amount of the book, then go buy the book. 
Um, but if you, really you don't need the whole book, you just need a few pages. So he says that's okay. So that might be similar to the song, assuming the song is the same. Again, is this a Tyra issue, not a Tyra issue? Um, I had written down over here, let me see if I could find where I wrote it down. Um, there's, there's, there's just, just, just you know, we, we threw in a few svaras here. There's, I saw someone write a Shtukotar and say he has five, five different opinions of copyrights. He has the Shailu that we mentioned, which he seems to hold Bipshitos, you have a right to, you, could, you own everything of yours, even intellectual property. The Beis Yitzchak we just quoted doesn't really hold of it. He just says, but you've got to follow the law of the land. There's a Naidib Yehuda that says a concept of Zenene Vizechaser. You know, you find if you benefit from someone and he loses from it, you're not allowed to do that. So if you benefit from someone's intellectual property and he will lose making money on that, so it's called Zenene Vizechaser. The Chassam Seifer comes up with a new taina. We just talked about Chidushe Taira. When it comes to intellectual property, Chassam Seifer in one place writes, it's called Hasagas Gevul. You find that there was, there, was, there was a Chazal made a Takana that certain parts of the Yam Kineret, no one was allowed to fish because it belonged to those Shvatim. So they sort of made that this is their, they created a person's property. So, and they said, that's called like being masigvul, you're going over their boundaries. Some cipher says that if you take someone's intellectual property, it's like hasogas gevul. Um, and then, and, and there's, it just keeps on going and going and going and going. There are so many different options. And like I'm saying, that each of the paiskim are trying to find why it should be a problem. And the reason was because, number one, like the Beis Yitzchak said, some people wouldn't have parnasa. People are trying to print svarim because they, they want to make some parnasa, and if it's hefker, they want to have parnasa. Others, I think, say I forgot who says this svar that says who's who's going to ever want to put you to take puts. There's a lot of money that goes into printing a safer. and if someone could just take your safer and reprint it, right? So who's ever going to want to print svarim? And then we'll never have svarim printed. So it's like a global klal Yisrael takana that we have to make. If we don't have an idea of a copyright, no one's going to ever print svarim. We won't have tyra. So this was the thinking behind the G'dayli Yisrael, why they needed it to be a problem. And once they needed it to be a problem, at least some of them, they looked for ways that it should be a problem. Because this was a very important thing to make sure that these rights were kept in the world. Negea to us, we're talking about the word of, world of Gezel, of Gezela. It's not so simple that there's an Isser Gezela on something that's not tangible, an intellectual property. There might be a wealth of other potential Isurim problems, rights, there's so many different words you could put into that sentence, that make it that you have a right to a copyright and someone else can't infringe on it, but Gezel, it's very possible and probable that it's not really an Isser of Gezel. There's other things that are involved in it. So that is just, like I said, really, this needs a, a sheer, like a, like a Thanksgiving breakfast. You know what I mean? It needs, it needs a sheer unto itself to really get a Clarkite. There is no Clarkite because there's so many different opinions. Isser and Hatter, and oh, both sides, Isser and Hatter, even these Isserim don't agree why, and the Matirim don't agree why. They all have different reasons because everybody's coming with their Chiddush of why it should or shouldn't be a problem. And Bez Hashem, we will continue next week, which will be the last week of Gezel. And next week we're learning about Gezel Midrabanan, and we're talking about returning Gezel Bez Hashem. Okay, it's up.